Hi, this is your host, Stella Rem. Welcome to today's episode of Master Your Being, a show where I talk about how to master your thoughts, feelings, and behavior while sharing my own journey of self-mastery with you along the way. Be sure to follow me on social media to see what I'm up to. You can find me on Facebook, TikTok, and Mastodon by searching for The Della Rem. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's get started. Hey folks, it's Della. Welcome to, welcome back to Master Your Being. I hope you are doing well. Did you have a good week? Did you have a good weekend? How are things? I hope they are good for you. If you were busy celebrating Father's Day this past weekend, I hope you enjoyed your your weekend with family and friends, um, regardless of how near or far your father may be. I don't really have a plan for today, but what I did actually want to just mention is that this week is my nine-year anniversary of me starting this journey. So I don't have an exact date of when I started this journey. It was right around the time. It was nine years ago. And I separated from my my husband at the time and moved me and the kids back in with my parents. And that was nine years ago today that I moved in with them. And it was very shortly thereafter. I, I don't have an exact date and I didn't mark it with a Facebook post It was very shortly thereafter when I decided to heal and begin this journey. And I I had some very, very, very specific goals that I was after. And I want you to know that I didn't actually, I haven't actually achieved those goals. As of sitting right here today, I have not achieved those goals. There was a tipping point in the journey where I went from being fully goal-motivated and fully goal-focused, and I shifted it. And I went to this place of, I'm doing this now because I want to. Not because I have to, not because I'm trying to get somewhere or change something or do do anything, but just simply because I want to be on this journey, right? I want to go here and do this thing. That tipping point was about halfway through. I would say it was about four to five years ago, somewhere in there. And that's an important point in the process. Because if I had was still trying to be solely goal-focused, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Because it's been nine years. I didn't really achieve what I set out to achieve originally. But I got a lot of other stuff out of it. I got so much more out of it. So if I was solely focused on my goals, chances are I probably would have given up and walked away. Because I would have said it's not going to happen. It's it's not going to, this isn't going to work. It's not going to happen. I would have dropped it and left. I would have dropped it and ran. 
But I didn't. I didn't drop and run. I made a choice to continue the journey anyway. There was a tipping point in this process for me. Now, I don't know if you're listening. I don't know what your healing journey was like. I don't know whether this is something that you started doing for yourself out of pain the same way I did. And whether there was sort of this finite point in your journey where you decided to start healing and then you, because you were after things like I was, or whether it was a more gradual process, whether it's just something you've done all your life. But why do you do this? Why are you on this path? Why are you on the spiritual journey? Why are you on the spiritual self-help journey? What's brought you to this place? There's value in looking back sometimes. And we don't look back to take out the hammer and crank ourselves on the head with it. That is not what we do when we look back. When you have that moment, like I am today, where I'm looking back and I'm going, geez, it's been nine years, holy crap. And I'm looking back on the journey and the, and the crazy that has been the last nine years of my life. It's not with a hammer in my hand. It's giving me the opportunity to say, look how long that path is. <laughs> look how far I've come. Look what happened along the way. Look what I did. Look where I got to. Look how cool it worked out. Even though I still haven't gotten the original goals, look how cool. Look how cool. I wouldn't trade this process now for anything in the world. You, you, I wouldn't trade it for anything. My healing journey, this process that I've been on, has been 100% intuitive. And I've talked at points about the idea that I'm, I'm clairvoyant, I'm clairaudient. I have energy healing capabilities. Those energy healing capabilities I can use to mimic other, other gifts, um, like the ability to be an empath and things like that, right? So I don't walk around with my radar open all the time. So if I go out in public, I'm not overwhelmed by everybody's energy, right? So I don't, I don't walk around with an open antenna. So I don't consider myself an empath because I don't have the open antenna like most empaths do. But can I tune in and feel what you're feeling through my energy healing capability? Yes. Right? I even have some telepathic ability with certain people. Right? I'm claircognizant, clairaudient, clairvoyant. Right? So I have a lot of different abilities. And I've used those abilities 
to help myself move forward. But the thing is, in order to do that and not get the ego in there, I kind of had to put a third party in the middle, <laughs> right? And that became the tarot. I put the cards in the middle. I put the cards between me and my my power, right? My gifts. I, I put I put the cards between me and my gifts. It was a boundary between my ego and my gifts, right? I ha I needed that that separation, right? Separation of church and state, right? I I needed that I needed that block. So I put tarot in there as a way to mitigate sort of the trouble with the ego, right? <laughs> the trouble that we all have with the ego, right? The ego likes what it likes and it wants to hear what it wants to hear and it reinforces its own problems and makes up its own stories and does its own thing and it wants to defend itself. And those are all natural and normal and everybody does them, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to learn how to mitigate that a little bit and how to work with it so that we can live better in our own lives, right? That's kind of the goal. We're not transcending the ego. We're figuring out how to work with it. So I had to put cards in there. So my journey has been a lot of, a lot of card pulling over the years, right? A ton of card pulling over the years, right? I, I use them to interpret my own thoughts and feelings a lot of the time because it helps me get my ego out of the way, right? It separates me from my ego. So because my ego immediately wants to defend the feeling or defend the thought or defend the problem in some way. And I'm like, nope, hang on, wait back up. And then I use the cards to get my brain to go in a different direction so that it gets the ego out of the way and it shifts, right? And then I can figure it out from there. And that's kind of how I've navigated the entire journey. But what that journey gave me was an entire process almost. Not like a step-by-step, -step, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. But it's sort of a, an umbrella process as a way to manage the self within the experience, right? Because I came from this place where I was trying to control the experience all the time, right? Because I was terrified of everything. So I was busy trying to control the experience all the time. The powerlessness made me want to control everything. So that I could feel like I had some control, right? So that I could feel like I had some power. If I could control all the balls that were in the air, then, then maybe, just maybe, I could feel like I was okay in my own skin. That was sort of the strategy that I had. Didn't work, but that was the strategy. And what I had to learn how to do, what I ended up being taught, was to manage myself within the experience, right? Instead of trying to control the experience, I learned to manage myself within it and just allow the experience to be what it was without needing to control it or change it or do anything to fix it. Right? So I got this whole thing, I got a process out of the deal. which was really, really cool. And what I started to kind of come to was the idea that it was sort of a process of self-mastery. It was a process of mastering the thoughts, which is where I started from. Mastering the thoughts gave me control over the emotions. Okay, so, you know, the emotions don't have to run you over. It, it doesn't have to be this big thing you drown in, right? Okay, 
got control over the emotions, figured out the emotions, right? Not in an unhealthy way. I've done the unhealthy squishing thing. I know what that is. No, we don't need to do that, right? We allow the emotions. We just sort of keep them a little bit contained so that they don't run over everything. They don't, the emotions don't need to be a bad weed, right? So we just, we keep that contained. We allow them, but they stay contained. And then we change the behavior. So we change how we show up externally in the world. But we don't ask other people to change and we don't try to control the experience. We're simply managing our own behavior. So I ended up in this process of self-mastery unintentionally. I didn't start here. I didn't plan to get here. I, this was not a thought in my head nine years ago today. I promise you that. It was not a thought in my head. And this is where I ended up. I'm a teacher at heart. I got a teaching degree. I went out and got a teaching degree because the world told me that that was what I was supposed to do. Union job with benefits. Go be a teacher. And I could teach. I had the skills to teach. I could teach in a classroom. I could teach children how to read and write and do math and all the things, right? My one big objection to teaching school, little kids, was the captive nature of the audience. I wanted to teach a group of people that actually wanted to be in the room. Right? So when I stopped teaching and I moved to owning my own business and, and, and trying to teach computers to people, I ended up in essentially the same place because what I ended up with was a group of people that were learning computers to keep their jobs. So they were captive too because they were trying to maintain their employment and maintain their income and who can blame them. But they didn't really want to learn the computer. They were doing it to appease the boss. Again, a captive audience. And I did not want a captive audience. I wanted to teach people computers that actually wanted to learn to use the computer. Not people that were just doing it to get somewhere. Or to keep their job. Satisfy the boss. Right? Kids go to school because mom makes them, right? Or dad makes them or the caregiver makes them, right? Or the law makes them. Somebody's making them. I want the journey. I wanted the journey to be voluntary. And here's what's interesting in that scenario. Because I didn't start this journey voluntarily. Yes, I made the choice. But I, too, was trying to get somewhere. And it was only after a few years of doing it that I finally stopped needing to get somewhere as the reason for doing the thing. I was healing because I wanted to, not because I had to. There was a tipping point in the journey 
a place at which I went from, well, I have to do this if I want to do X, right? So I have to learn computers if I want to keep my job. Is there a point in that journey where you go, well, I actually like computers now and I'm okay with that. I was finding people because of what I was teaching. I was finding people at the beginning of their journeys. I was teaching basics. I was teaching people how to send emails and use Microsoft Word. And I was teaching people the basics, like how to find your missing pictures <laughs> in your computer, how to keep it running, how to plug it in, right? How to turn it on. Right? I was literally teaching people basics. So because I was teaching people basics, I was catching people in the beginning of their journeys. And because I was catching people in the beginning of their journeys, they weren't yet in a position where they were enjoying the computer. They were learning it out of need. I just literally saw that as I was sitting here doing this right now. It's a very interesting realization. And I don't teach when I do this stuff, I don't teach beginner basics, right? I don't do spirituality 101. I assume you have some general knowledge. I'm catching hopefully, ca hopefully catching you later in the process hopefully catching you somewhere in the journey and hopefully in a place where you actually want to be here. And, and you're not just doing this out of sort of needs must. I have no choice. Hopefully I'm catching you later in the process. Because I promise you, if somebody had told me nine years ago that I was going to learn how to you know, master self within the experience that I was going to, I was, I was, I was going to be sort of, that person that, that had control over themselves, like, you know, sort of like people that don't drink coffee. What do you mean they get like nine hours of sleep a night? Like what? <laughs> right. It's that, right. I, I'm going to be the person that, that has that, that has the ability to control themselves within the experience instead of a need to control the experience. Like what? Right. And, and I can remember intuitively getting some lofty goals and some lofty plans, right? Early on, right? Like, we're, you're not going to be afraid anymore when we're done with you. Like, you're not, you're not going to be afraid anymore. And I, I can literally remember going, yeah, right. Like, I didn't even have a concept of what not being afraid to exist was like. Like, I had no idea. Didn't, didn't, didn't have any basis for that at all. So when somebody said, you're not going to be afraid anymore, I was like, how the hell am I going to do that? Like, I didn't have a plan for that, right? What I didn't know was that I was going to get to sit through, sit in the fear for months on end, right? And literally let life happen around me while I sat on my hands to learn that I could manage the fear, right? That was literally the process. But I didn't have any idea of what the journey entailed, even though I had these lofty ideas like, well, you're not going to be afraid anymore when we're done with you. You're, you know, life's going to change completely. You're going to be able to teach this, right? Like you're going to have, you're going to be able to do all these things. Those weren't goals of mine. They were things I got intuitively. 
they weren't goals. Right? So now I, I look at what I'm doing and where I am. And my hope is that I'm catching you later in the process, that you're here willingly, not because you have to be, that you actually want to do the work, that you're willing to do the work, right? I'm offering you probably a different process than you've run into from a lot of spiritual teachers and leaders, right? I, I t tend to teach it the way, the way it was given to me, which is sort of thoughts first, right? So we do thoughts and then we do emotions and then we do behavior. Why didn't I do it the other way around? Because I was scared of my feelings, <laughs> right? That's why we didn't do it the other way around, right? I didn't go heart-centered because I was scared of my feelings, so I was in my head. So it was learning to manage the space that I was already in. And so if you're heart-centered, then you're going to learn to manage the space you're in, which would be the heart, the emotions, right? You're, you're going to manage that first. And then you reach out and manage the other spot, which is the thoughts, right? And then from there, you manage the behavior, right? This journey has been fascinating. To me. And how far I've managed to come in that nine years. And there's been a lot of loops and I've shared a lot of them publicly in the last three or four years. There's been a ton of loops that at four years, I guess now, four to five, there's been a bunch of loops that I've made. You've watched me go back and forth with some of my ideas and some of the things, right? I've gone back and forth in terms of coaching, not coaching, teaching, not teaching, right? Writing is basically the only thing that's been consistent throughout because writing became the way that I understood self better, right? Writing became the tool that I used. So tarot was sort of the, the middleman between my ego and my intuition, and then writing became how I gave myself mental clarity around the things that I was getting through the tarot. Writing gave me clarity because in order to teach, I needed mental clarity. I couldn't have, I couldn't be blind to what was going on. So I had to have mental clarity. So I had sort of the life view me, my human self in my life. I had the life view. But then I was also sort of getting a bitter, bigger picture idea of what was happening. But not so much life, more process. More how to use it to help others. How to, how to share it back. How to give other people a way forward. How to, how, how to offer it to other people. So I was getting this sort of umbrella view of it as well. Right. So I sort of get, I see things in levels, weirdly. I have my day-to-day my -day life view, the same view you do, 
right? Exactly the same stuff, right? I see my life, the people around me, the things that I do in a day, the details, right? The stuff. I have the same view that you do. I have a higher level perspective of that, right? So my intuition gives me some degree of that, right? I only get outcomes when the outcome is helpful to me. I do go blindly a lot, just like everybody else. I do go blindly a lot because they don't want me to know the outcome. They want me to get the journey part, not the outcome, right? So I I don't always have outcomes, but I do get a higher level perspective of my life, right? I used to call it the helicopter view, right? Sort of looking down on your life. So you're not stuck in the weeds of your day-to-day experience. You're kind of looking down on it and you're able to see what the weeds are and where they are and, and the path through them, right? It's kind of that. And then I get a really high level overview, but it's not the details of my life specifically. It's a general path, It's a very general process and path that allows, that's the thing that allows me to teach it out and write about it and share about the experiences and talk about things, right? So I kind of get three, three levels of information depending on what I'm doing and what I need at the time, right? The broad overview stuff at the top is not about my life, right? It's, it's understanding, understanding the spiritual teachings that I ran into along the way that, that at the time didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I, I wanted them to be true, but the reality is they weren't really true in the way that they were being presented because they skipped a lot of the stuff. <laughs> they skipped a lot of the middle, <laughs> right? Right? So, I mean, Abraham Hicks is, is, is wonderful. But he, she, they are famous for sort of, if you just believe it'll happen, it'll happen. No. <laughs> right? Because there's a heck of a lot of work that you got to do to get to a place where you can believe it into existence. There's a lot of unsaid in what they talk about. A lot of unsaid in what they talk about. Abraham Hicks was actually one of the first spiritual leaders that I ran into when I started my journey nine years ago. She was one of the first. And I can remember trying to do what he, she, they were talking about. Trying to sort of believe it into existence, right? Like the million dollars is just going to fall from the sky. And what I realized is that the people for whom it was working had cleared a lot of the gunk. They didn't have the gunk in the way, kind of like Abraham Hicks herself. She didn't have the gunk in the way. 
so she was open to the teachings, didn't have the, the, that Abraham was offering her, didn't have the clutter. And so was easily, more easily able to sort of take it on and just enact it. And because she didn't have a crap load of healing to do to get there, she just sort of, it kind of happened. It, it, it happened for her very easily. And so the people for whom their stuff works the best are the ones that don't have a shitload of stuff in the way. Like I did. So what I realized was I actually had to back up and do some of the bigger, deeper work first before I could get to a place where I could believe it into existence like Abraham Hicks talks about. I had a lot of crap to clear up first. So now from where I am, when I, if I listen to Abraham Hicks, if I go back and listen to, to her for a few minutes, it has a different meaning to it now. Because I'm a little more grounded, so I put it into a context of a grounded reality. I'm living in this 3D form. I have this body. I have the practical reality of my life in front of me. How do I fit that into my practical reality? What, how does my belief affect what's happening? My belief has everything to do with what's happening because it determines the choices that I make. It determines how I feel about the choices that I make. It determines the thoughts that I'm thinking. My beliefs absolutely matter. Believing it into existence, it from my perspective, the context that I put that in is that when you believe it firmly enough and, and, and it's reflected in your thoughts and your feelings and your actions, then you will bring it into existence for yourself because you are acting on those beliefs. And so you create that reality for yourself by doing, not by sitting on your couch watching soap operas, waiting for it to fall into your lap, but by actively doing. The belief is guiding the direction that you're going in and it's inspiring you to do things. Thoughts, feelings, behaviors that allow you to create that into existence. And that's how I see what Abraham Hicks talks about now. The underlying belief is the important thing because that then determines how you think, feel, and act. And that's true in my work as well. Whatever the underlying belief, idea, feeling is, 
determines your actions, your words, what you do, how you feel about what you're doing, all the things. It determines your choices. It determines everything. So the ideas that we're fixing, we're, we're going off on a little bit of a scavenger hunt to find the beliefs, the wonky beliefs that we have. And we slowly begin to shift those. And by shifting those, we then change our thoughts and feelings and actions. And ultimately, that's what creates the life change that you are after. That's the goal. It's a fascinating journey that we get to go on in this healing process. And whether you do it willingly yet or whether you're sort of still sort of in it because, well, you have to, right? You got to get to where you want to go. Whether pain put you here, whether you started here as a kid, However you got here, congratulations, because you're here and you got this far and that matters. And that's important. I started this podcast with absolutely no plan at all. And I ended up just sort of talking about the journey a little bit. And I, I hope the reflections on the past and on the journey were helpful to you, inspired you in some way give you some ideas of where to go next in your own journey. You've got this. You can do it. If you keep going, if you keep practicing, if you keep trying, if you keep being willing to learn, make mistakes, try again, you'll get there. Don't be afraid of the experience. It doesn't bite. I learned that through years of sitting and crap. <laughs> but really... Life isn't scary. The thoughts in your head are scary, but life isn't scary. And when you realize that, everything changes. It certainly did for me. I am so very, very grateful for this last nine years of my life because it's changed me fundamentally as a person. It's changed who I am. And it's changed how I show up in the world. And it's forever changed the trajectory of my life. And I thank you for coming along on this ride for me, with me. And I hope you enjoy it just as much as I do. I will be back here again next week because that's just what we do. Thank you so much for hanging out. Like, subscribe, share if you found this helpful in any way at all. Thank you again for your support. And I will talk to you next week. This is Della ran with Master Your Being. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to Master Your Being with me, your host, Della Ren. You can subscribe to my podcast and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Don't forget to catch me on my next episode. I'll see you soon.